to the serpent, Because you have done this, he deceived Adam and Eve, you are cursed more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go, and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed, which is a small S, right? And her seed, which is a big S, right? He shall bruise your head, that he is capitalized, right? And you shall bruise his heel, capital, right? So what does those three capital letters represent? Jesus. That's talking about Jesus Christ. So Jesus is labeled as the seed that God would send. And he said, he shall bruise your head. That means he was going to defeat the devil while he was on the earth. And that the devil would bruise his heel. That means he would pay a price. He would go to Calvary and he would, he would be bruised for our sake. With that being said, that's what I want to take us on a journey today. I want to take us on a journey to explain to you that in the beginning, Adam and Eve were called to be overcomers. Overcome everything on the planet. They were called to overcome. They gave that away when they gave it to Satan. They gave everything they had, everything God gave them, they gave it away to, the, to Satan. Satan still possesses all of that. That's not been taken from him. Okay? That's not been taken from him. He's still the God of this world. All right? But he's not the God of all of those that believe in Jesus. But I want to take us on a little bit of a journey, and y'all work with me on what that looks like, okay, of the process that goes on. And we're going to use a natural illustration. I'm going to play doctor a little bit, okay? So I'm going to bring some doctor stuff in here. Yeah, don't look at me funny. Hallelujah, okay? <laughs> I ain't a doctor, but we're going to have a little fun, okay? But before I do that, let's read 1 John 4.4. 4. It says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. 1 John 5, verses 4 and 5. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Look at verse 5. Who is he who overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? We have went from Genesis and now we're at the back of the book. And he's telling us, how do we have victory? How do we overcome? It's through Jesus, through believing in Jesus Christ. That seed that Genesis was talking about has now come and now we can believe in him and we can overcome. Jesus said this in John 16, 33. I have told you all of this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will what? Have many trials and sorrows. How many of y'all have had some tough times? Okay, if you've lived and breathed for any length of time, you've experienced some trouble on this earth. But he said, but take heart because I have overcome the world. The seed that would come and bring us victory has now come and now available. But how does that work? How does that work in our own personal lives? Jesus overcame this world so it would be possible for us to overcome this world through Him. Jesus knew we would have hard times, disappointments, betrayal, hurts, and setbacks. Has anybody experienced that? If you hadn't, you will. Amen? But Jesus has did something for us so we don't have to do that, experience that in its fullness. He experienced all that and more when he was on the earth and he knew that he would, he'd have to overcome those things so we would have a way to overcome these things while we're on the earth. He knew he had to keep going, guys. If he'd have threw the towel in, it would have been hopeless. We'd have faced trouble. We'd have faced setbacks. We'd have faced betrayal. And we'd have had no way out. No way out. 
We'd have just had to accept it because we had nothing to help us through it. Hallelujah. So how did it all begin with me and you? In Jeremiah 4, uh, 1, verses 4 through 8, hallelujah. We're going to start back when you was a little baby. Okay, we're going back to you being a baby. All right, verse 4. The Lord gave me this message. This is Jeremiah talking. This is in the very first book, I mean, chapter of his book. He said, I knew you before I, I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. Oh, sovereign Lord, I said, I can't speak for you. I'm too young. He must have been a young guy. He's looking at his youth. Should you look at your youth and say, I can't do this? Should you look at your age and say, I can't do this? No. With God, all things are possible. But what he's saying to Jeremiah, he's saying to you and me, guys. This is in here for our uh, admonition, okay, for our teaching, okay, to let you know where we're at in this thing. And the Lord replied, don't say I'm too young, for you must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. And don't be afraid of the people, for I will be with you and I will protect you. I, the Lord, have spoken. God knew you and me before we were ever born. He has called each one of us to do great things for him. I know many of you have heard that before and it just it don't seem real to many here today. But God has made a way for us to overcome every situation in this life, no matter what it is. Nothing is too hard for God. From our mother's womb, we were destined to do great things for God, and He knows that because He created us. Before you were ever formed in your mother's womb, you were created to do great things. Amen. Period. Absolutely, I'm telling you, finish. Called Nathan. And as he called Jeremiah to be a prophet, he gave every. Nothing was left undone. He gave everything to Jeremiah. Plumber that's called by God. Did God put it in that plumber at the time? We get this, this crazy idea that the only way you can be called is to do this. Words thinking, man. That's what the devil wants you to think. Because he wants you to think. You know, to push to be better at your job. Push to be better out in the marketplace. Absolutely not. Everybody's anointed. Everybody's called to do something. You're told here by your parents and others, seek God with all your heart while he may be found, where he can reveal what he wants you to do. Don't concoct some crazy junk in your head. Well, I think I ought to do this. I think I ought to do this. No, we ain't called to try jack. We're called to walk out what God implanted in us at birth before we ever showed up in our mama's womb. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to encourage you today with you being sitting here from the time before you ever got in your mother's womb, how special. I mean, you're special now. Hallelujah. So if you have a temptation to go to sleep, stand up. Walk around. Do some push-ups. Jog in place. Because God wants to give you some stuff. Hallelujah. How can I begin to do what God has called me to do? 
How can I be an overcomer in this life like Jesus was? Oh, that's Jesus. We can't do what Jesus did. You might not can. I'm striving to be like him. I'm striving to do what he did. I want to walk like him, talk like him. Trying to be like Jesus, Nathan. I thought that was the point. If a lot of church people would better. I'm telling you, man. You start being like Jesus, life just gets good. It gets good. Because you dad or impress the teacher impress the boss impress 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 that's so stupid you know, but <laughs> hallelujah let's go to John 3 1 through 8 this is the only important hallelujah John chapter 3 verse 1 it says now there were was a among the Jews who came to Jesus at night and said to him, Rabbi, teacher, we do these signs, these wonders, these attesting miracles that you do unless God is with him. Pharisees were the teachers of the law. They spent years studying the They knew it frontwards and backwards. So this is not somebody that just kind of, you know, left the woods. What's going on? No, this is a very educated man. And Jesus looks at him and says, I assure you, again, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, saved. Kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, like many of you might say, Well, how can a man be born when he is old? <laughs> can he enter his mother's <laughs> Could you imagine him trying to get that in his head? Okay, well, how are we going to do this? I, don't I mean, that's mom. <laughs> we got to do this one more time. <laughs> and your mom, mom be like, oh, no, We ain't doing it again. <laughs> you on your own, bro. Hey, is it not a legit question? I mean, you got to be born again. I mean, if I walked up to the average person on the street, that language just sounds weird, don't it? Well, it was no different in their day. I mean, he's thinking like most of them. Jesus wasn't talking about that. He said, I assure you, and I most solemnly say to you, unless one is born of What is your chances of entering the kingdom of God if you're not born again? Zero. Ways to God. But who are you going to believe? We believe in Him or them? I'm going to say, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. The physical is merely physical. You must be born again, reborn from above, spiritually transformed and renewed, sanctified. The wind blows and where it is going. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. 
That means being born of the mother. You're being born of the mother, okay? You're born of water. It's a natural birth is what he's talking about. You've got to be born naturally. How are you going to make it to heaven if you ain't even born? Talking about what I want to really, I want to take and I want to, with your help, okay, with your patience, That are they're 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 scientific. They're, they're words we should use when we talk about how it is a mirror of the spiritual birth. And I think if you can, see of how that we can look at the physical conception of a human being, and you can see. We'll come back next week and we'll get on that. So it's 1136. I, I, I'm going to need a little bit of time, okay? So y'all work with me. I'm going home. Bye. Out of here, okay? <laughs> I'm not staying in this building. <laughs> We're gone, okay? To be able to be a part of the kingdom of God. It's a big deal. Water is the natural birth. It's, you're born into the Natural birth, okay? Now, I'm going to take you through the natural birth. These are not my words. It takes two to have a baby. Y'all know that, right? I mean, they have to, you know. You know, okay. <laughs> so here we go. Y'all ready? When the male releases sperm into the female... The sperm then begins its journey to find the egg. There's about 300 million sperm. Now, the word sperm there, to kind of bring everybody at ease, okay, is we translate that from the original Greek word that is translated sperm into seed, okay? I want you to see that because it's going to really explain Jesus as the seed, okay? As the sperm, if you will, okay? Jesus is the seed, okay? Work with me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Here we go. So, only one seed can enter the egg. You are one out of 300 million seeds that made it into the egg. One. 300 million. And they are, for a better illustration, if you watch the videos, they look like little tadpoles. Can I just do tadpole? Tadpoles, hallelujah. When they're released into the woman... Those tadpoles begin to swim vigorously to find that egg. Y'all know it's true. We're, I mean, they are. They're on a mission. 300 million that are trying to get to the egg. By the time they get to the egg, they say that only about 12 remain. Get the picture here, guys. Then those 12 will get around the egg and they'll begin to fight their way to try to get into the egg. They're finding a way into the egg. And then one makes it into the egg. Once the one makes it into the egg, the egg gets a hard shell around it. Nothing else can penetrate. The one is in there. That's you. That's me. One out of 300 million. That's you. You were special before you was ever conceived. That's how special you are. That's amazing, man. 
I'm looking at one out of 300 million that made it here. I mean, man, that should bring you joy. That you're not here by accident. If you watch, man, they fight. They have to go through things. They're trying to get to that egg. And they're giving everything they have to get there. But only one. That means you fought the hardest. You wanted to be here. Amen. You were called to be here. You had help getting to that egg. <laughs> go, boy, go, girl. Hallelujah. So now let's pick up the entrance to the egg. We've got to the egg and we're in the egg. When the sperm penetrates and is inside of the egg, it will fertilize the egg. After a long journey, the single sperm attaches to the membrane. Within a few minutes, the sperm is pulled into the egg. Where have you been all my life? The egg says. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, and the ironic thing there, guys, and most of y'all know this, okay? Some of y'all, I, I mean, y'all probably all know this, but do you know that there's only one egg released from the female 12 times a year? Duh, Nathan, you stupid. Everybody's shaking their head except the guy's like, oh, really? What the heck are you talking about? All I know, woo! <laughs> okay, when the seed is inside the egg, it will open up, and the strings of the male genetics will open up, and then a new membrane will form around the genetic material, creating the male pronucleus. How about that, Brandon? Give me an amen. I'm doing good. Hallelujah. And inside, the genetic material reforms into 23 chromosomes. Come on, Hannah. Hallelujah. Am I doing good right now? Come on. I mean, y'all need to be shouting, hallelujah. <laughs> As the male and female chromosomes continue to form, they are pulled back together. The two sets of chromosomes join together, finishing the process of fertilization. At this moment, the unique genetic code arises instantly, determining the gender, hair color, height, eye color, and hundreds of other characteristics. This new single cell is the beginning of a new human being. The next thing is for the egg to move to the uterus where it will grow into a beautiful baby. The point is, the genetics that you have came from your mama and your daddy. They are what genetically formed you. Is their genetic. And that created your genetic code. Everything your earthly father and mother had to give you genetically was given to you through the joining of the fertilization of the seed and the egg. Your genetics are all of what your earthly father and mother had to give. That's why when they say, oh, you got your, look, you got your daddy's eyes. Oh, you got your mama's lips. Oh, you got some pretty hair. Blah, 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 blah. Why? The genetic code was formed by them too. Amen? Hallelujah. But we need to remember that we, when you are born into this world, you are born in with a sin nature. Because every child that was born after Adam and Eve missed it had a nature to sin. Everybody did. That means your spirit is not alive to God to do good things for Him. Your spirit is dead to God, leading you to do and want to and have to be told not to bad things. Because of Adam and Eve's disobedience to God in the garden, every child would be born with a sin nature. They obeyed the devil, and through that it opened a door for sin to come upon the earth. That's why we don't sin. When you sin, you don't realize what the sin is doing inside of you and then what it's doing to others. I'm sure Adam and Eve, now they're in heaven, look back and really regret the fact that they did what they did because it has hurt billions of people. 
But thank God, God's grace and mercy. Hallelujah. The results of sin can be seen everywhere. Nature, humans, animals, everything is dying and fading away. Everything, everything, everything. Your car, your house, your blue jeans, your shirt, everything's dying. You are part of that. We're all dying. Hallelujah. This was not God's original plan for man and the earth. But when you disobey God's things, don't go the right way. But God never gives up on you. He sent His perfect Son to come to earth and die to replace a sin nature with a godly, righteous nature. All we have to do is open up our heart and let Jesus come in. And when you do, He replaces that sin nature with a new godly nature. That's what happens spiritually. So now let me break it down to you. And it ain't near as graphic as the other one, okay? <laughs> Spiritual birth. Jesus said that if we had to be born, that we had to be born again spiritually to be able to be part of, a king, of the kingdom of God. So if we don't go back into our mother's belly and be born a second time, then how does this spiritual born-again thing happen? How does it happen? How does that take place? We know how a human's born. I just told you if you don't, hallelujah. It goes like this. Just like with a natural birth, there has to be a conception that occurs between two people. In the case of a spiritual birth, there has to be, there, there, there is conception between two spirits. Your spirit and God's spirit. Like I say all the time, you get your spirit right, you get your life right. The malfunction is in the spirit, not in the flesh. The flesh is going to do wrong, naturally, period. But if we can get the spirit right, we're going to start going in the right direction. The seed or the sperm is Jesus. He's the seed that was talked about in Genesis 3. He came through a virgin named who? Mary. Who impregnated Mary? Holy Spirit. Now this is me, not the Lord. You hear me? So what happened on the day Mary got pregnant is God put his seed in her. Couldn't have a natural birth without it, right? He couldn't use a spiritual seed to produce a natural baby. All of what God is came into Mary that day and became Jesus naturally. I'm not saying this in the Bible. But it had to be. Or either he violated natural law. Okay, he violated the natural process. And God don't violate. God don't do things wrong. He does things right. Okay. The seed, which is Jesus, comes from God through the Holy Spirit to your spirit for the conception, which is called salvation, of spiritual birth. Your spirit is born from death into life. When this happens, you are changed from the inside out. God has come to live inside of you, and that will affect your physical life as well. When Jesus, when you open up your heart and you ask Jesus to come into your heart, the seed of Jesus goes in you, goes to the depths of your being, goes into your spirit, which we'll say egg, penetrates that spirit, and whew, new life happens. A new spirit's born. Brand new. You know why other religions won't work? They can't penetrate the egg. They're like a lot of those other sperms that were released 
and they got lost. They got tripped up. They didn't make it to the egg. Why is our spiritual egg always looking for something spiritual? Just like the natural egg is calling those sperm cells or sperm to it. We want to be touched by the real thing. Everybody does. The problem is, is when you're seeking a different God, a different religion, to try to get spiritual access to a place that only Jesus can get you to, it never recreates the spirit. It gives you what I want to call a spiritual fix. Because if you seek spiritual things, whether it's Buddha, Muslim, Islam, any other religion, if you seek those ways, you're going to have a spiritual experience. But it ain't going to be a godly one. The devil's a spirit too. And he said he masquerades himself as an angel of light. So he can make you feel good. He can give you a sense of buzz. He can give you a sense of you know, spiritual excitement for a little while. But it's not lasting. And it don't change you. A lot of people that want other religions, they, they, they seek them out so they can still do what they want to do. But yet have the spiritual experience as well. Because a lot of other religions don't bring change to you. That when Jesus, the seed, goes in you and gives you a new spirit, there's something required. Your spirit starts holding you accountable. Your spirit is alive and now it starts holding your flesh accountable. Like, hey, bro, bro, you don't need to be doing that no more. Your spirit, you know what I'm talking about? We read that last week when we talked about how the spirit will condemn us. Our spirit, our human spirit, will condemn us when we're doing something we shouldn't do. You know that to be true. Man, when you get born again and you tell a lie... Boy, something about you comes all over you. I shouldn't have told that lie. That's your spirit holding your flesh accountable for what it just did. Because it's been born again. Jesus, the seed, has touched. Do y'all see that? 1 John 3 says it this way. Same person, just you know, years later, he writes it a little different. He says, little children, 1 John 3, verse 7. Little, little children, believers, dear ones, do not let anyone lead you astray. The one who practices righteousness, the one who strives to live a consistently honorable life in private as well as in public and to conform to God's precepts is righteous just as he is righteous. The one who practices sin, separating himself from God and offending him by acts of disobedience, indifference or rebellion is of the devil and takes his inner character and moral values from him, not God. For the devil has sinned and violated God's law from the beginning. The Son of God appeared for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. No one who is born of God deliberately, knowingly, or habitually practices sin. Check this out. This is the key. Because God's what? Seed. God's seed. Okay? His, is in them. Amen? His principle of life, the essence of... who is reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, and set apart for His purposes. ...by sin because He is born of God and longs to please God. Your spirit won't let you do it. Your creation in Christ Jesus, it won't let you do those things. You're bothered by it. Thank God for that. Everything your heavenly Father is.
into your life. The seed comes into your spirit through the work of the Holy Spirit. That is All that God was, all that God is, comes in you. His genetic. You no longer have the sin nature. You have the nature of God abiding in you. And I'm telling you, man. He's the only one that can fix the spiritual condition of a man or woman's heart. It's just like in the world, when I was in the world and I had a lot of bills and, or a lot of things was going wrong and I wasn't serving Jesus. What? To try to give me some temporary peace. Try to ease my mind. Mindset. And y'all know that if you've drank any, man, if you've got problems in your life, drink But it don't replace the problem. Amen, it don't fix nothing. It don't change. And it's the same thing with other religions. That's why we, I'm not going to honor other religions. Millions to hell. I know that ain't popular. But I just told Period. Period. And you need to get that down in your heart. I will never condemn them. I will never make them feel bad. I'm not going to be against them. I'm not going to have signs. They're people. And if I can just get around them, there's a good chance I might can get the seed into them. If you just get, hey man, you know Jesus loves you. And that's all you get to say? You just dump. You leave, you say, Father God, I thank you that the seed, the precious seed of Jesus has been planted in them. It won't return void. It will accomplish. Right, listen, it's, it's, the process is not over once the seed enters the woman's egg. Work that goes involved in our life too when we receive the seed. What does the mama do? Hmm, I got a baby in me. I need to change how I do some things. I need to take care. I got a baby in here. You got a baby in you. And his name's Jesus. That's why the Bible says that the word of God is like milk. Because you know this to be true. <laughs> I mean, we go ahead and get the hamburger and say, hey, eat. I got to go somewhere. I ain't got time to be feeding you. Eating or whether you're feeding, you know, with alternative milk. Either way, the baby needs milk. And you don't mind. Some of y'all do. <laughs> we nourish that thing. And I'm kind of jumping ahead. But I'm telling you guys, when you do this, 
going up. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 5.17 tells us this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature, reborn and renewed by the Holy Spirit. The old things, the previous Your new spirit. You have a brand new spirit. you get saved you begin to start doing an inventory check of everything around you and you go man should I really be listening cut that out need to cut this out but if you're not watching and you don't nourish that spirit you guess what you do you end up a baby if you just had a baby and just threw it over in the corner and said well I'll feed it when I get a chance every now and then Is that baby going to live or die? The baby's going to die. What about you? What about me? That is what happens when you get born again. The old sin nature is replaced with a new righteous nature. All that our Heavenly Father is comes into our spirit and we become a new creation on the inside. Everything we go through does not define us. We are overcomers in every situation. Okay? Let me share a few things. What does love mean? Father. What? Father. Why do you Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. That's what I want you to get a picture of. This little girl that has spent most of her life, and I know Kurt and Christy, y'all can, can, know this too, because Caliber spent a lot of time in there, okay? You've seen a lot of kids in there. And you see this little girl that has spent most of her life in, in hospitals, but she recognizes it's God. He's love. 
He's going to help her overcome. I want to tell you something. Something happened when you was born again way more than just a you know, prayer you prayed. There was a seed deposited inside of you to cause you to be a world overcomer. But friend, I'm here to tell you, if we don't nourish that seed, if we don't feed that seed, if we don't get into the Word of God, if we don't build up our spirit man, I promise you we will not overcome in life. The only way you and I can overcome is to understand what happened when we got born again and to then nourish it, feed it, embrace it, coddle it, take care of it. Ain't a mother in this room that would leave their kid alone. Man, you took care of that baby. Man, you did everything for that baby. You, you would say no to others. You wouldn't go certain places because of that baby. You wouldn't leave your house. You would nourish that baby. If we took Jesus the same way we take a human life, where would we be? Where would we be? And then we would look at situations in our life and we would know we was created for more than this. We was created to overcome it, not give in to it. We was created to go over in life, not to back up and quit. Ever. Ever, ever, ever. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Who you are is found in God, not in this world. We only identify with what our Father has said we are. God wrote a book about you and, and for me. Read it and find out how much your daddy loves you, and he will be with you to help you through life. God says you're more than a conqueror. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You are chosen by him. You are loved and accepted. You are not alone. I am with you and will never leave you. You are seated in Christ in heavenly places. He's given you everything you need to be a success in this world, in the natural and in the spiritual. You are healed. You are blessed. You have the mind of Christ. You are an overcomer. You will not be defeated. You are a child of God, my friend. You are a child of God. You are born of Him. Amen. Hallelujah. We only find our purpose and plan when we're born again. After you're born again, you must get to the Word of God because that is your food. You will need to grow spiritually. And I've just said that about the milk. Now that you're born again, there's nothing that can stop you from being a success on this earth except yourself. Nothing can stop you. I'm telling you right now, guys, if you will shut everything in this world down and you'll start going after Jesus, you'll look up two or three years from now and you'll be blown away at where you're at. If you'll just go after Jesus, go after him, go after him every day. Don't look at churches as just something we check off the box. No, it's another step to get closer to him. When I open up that Bible, I know it don't, it, again, I say fireworks don't go off. There's not a big fanfare, but you open up the Word of God and you begin to read the Word of God and watch what it does to the inner part of you. And as that inner part gets bigger, it'll drive out sickness. It'll drive out disease. You know, you can get so full of the Word of God, it'll drive out every sickness and disease in your body. Literally. If you just get so full of the Word of God, you'll begin to see things in a different light. Your spirit will begin to start looking for you. It'll be seen for you. Your flesh is under subjection to your spirit. But in this world we live in, man, our flesh says, look at that on Facebook. Check your status. Watch this. Eat this. Go here. Go that. That's what we do. I mean, we scroll until our eyes are bloodshot. I mean, we can't even look up sometimes and go, oh, my God. Okay, where, where am I at? Where am I at? Okay, here we go. Okay, I'm in the store. I'm in the store right now. This is Kroger. This is Kroger. Belinda, you're my wife, right? Okay, here we go. All right. I'm serious. You know it's true, guys. When none of that, none of that will ever, ever cause you to grow up. Some of you guys need to get so in tune with the Word of God. You need to get so in love with Jesus, in love with His Word. You want to get to know Jesus? You can today. Read the Bible. Amen? I mean, Kurt, you know what it's like. You was gone for three or four days. You wept. You cried. 
It touched you. It changed you. It was something about laying down that junk and going after the real deal. And when you do that, my friend, you change. You're not the same person. And friend, we have an enemy that wants to take you out, wants to take me out today if he could. We can't give in. Zashira, you can't give in. You keep fighting. You keep fighting and you keep getting full of the word because you're going to get victory in that area. We are not going down. We're not going down. I'm telling you, we're not. We're going to get so full of this book. We're going to read this book. We're going to say no to other things. We're going to say yes to Him. Because that seed's too precious to let die. And so many Christians, man, they let it die. They get touched by God. The Spirit comes alive. Poof! A new Spirit's born. And then we don't give in. We don't read this on a daily basis. We don't get closer to Him. And then what happens? Your spiritual life just wanes away. And you want to blame everybody else. Well, the church ain't doing this. Oh, my God. No, 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 no. What's happened is you've lost connection to the bottle. Get back to the bottle. Let him feed you. And then when he talks to you and tells you, quit that. You don't need to do that. Yes, sir, daddy. Yes, sir, dad. Just like our kids should do. But they don't all the time. Well, why do I have to? My friends, that's not the kill. You know what I'm saying? We ain't talking about that. What's best for you? Listen to me. Daddy knows what's best for us. I'm telling you, man, I'm ready to see the church get so close to Jesus that when we come in, yeah, this was a taste. Love seeing Michelle just pour her heart out. Amber's being touched. Dawn's over here being touched. Maverick, you know, this is just not something we do. This is just not an exercise we do. We're singing about the seed, man. We're singing to our seed. We're singing to our baby. The baby Jesus on the inside of us. The baby spirit that's been made new. We want that spirit to come alive. We're so spiritually illiterate, man, that these things just go right past us. Hey, man, could you hurry up, man? I got to go. I got got plans to do. I got to do. I got to eat. I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this. And then by Tuesday, you're a whip puppy. You're defeated. You're discouraged. And God don't want that. God don't want that. Did y'all get anything out of this? So 1 John 5, 4 says again like this, For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Your faith. My faith. How does your faith grow, the Bible says? By the Word of God. What do you need to be strong in your life? Right now, your faith, your faith. Because, see, when your faith is strong, guess what? Jesus is more real to you. When your faith is weak, the natural is more real to you. It's true. We need our faith to be strong. We need the spiritual side of our lives to be alive and be more real than our natural. That when we come to church, we've been spending time with Jesus all week. The preacher preaches for two hours, and you're going, you done? Is that all you got? You, you ain't got a little bit more? Man, do we have to go home? Can y'all sing five more songs, please? I'm enjoying this. It's awesome. We have a responsibility. Jesus wants to give you more of himself. Do you want it? Your actions speak louder than your words. Let's cry out to a holy God. Let's long for Jesus. And let's let Jesus conform us. Let his word conform us unto his image. 
and unto His likeness. His Word. His Word. To where we begin to start seeing things through the eyes of Jesus. And I'll promise you this, it's a lot different than looking through the eyes of natural, carnal. I'm telling you. I know this is, is a little bit heavy, but I'm telling you, I want you guys. It goes on to say this, Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. God is inside of you. You will overcome everything that the enemy throws at you. You will live a victorious life because all God is is now inside of you. You are an overcomer. Let's close our eyes, bow our head. Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for this moment. Right now, Jesus. Holy Spirit, touch our hearts. Draw people to you right now. I'm asking you to draw people to you right now. Hallelujah. You know, if you're here today and you say, you know, Nathan, man, I, I've never really been born again. I've never said yes to Jesus Christ. I've never been born again. Then I want to say, hey, look, I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. I want you to get that experience. Because I want you to be born again. <coughs> Hallelujah. Maybe you're in here and you say, you know, Nathan, I was... I've, I've, I've prayed and asked Jesus to come into my life many years ago, and, but yet I've kind of started doing my own thing. I've kind of started living my own way, and I've kind of walked away from Him. Would you pray for me? I want you to just pray for me that I would have that relationship restored. Just gently raise your hand. We're not going to call you out. We're not going to embarrass you. But you've kind of let the world come in. You know who you are. You've let the world come in and start dictating you where you should go and what you should do in life. But you want to put Jesus back on the throne. You want to put Jesus back at the, at the throne of your heart. If that's you, raise your hand. You want to be born again or you want to come back to Him and rededicate your life? I know there's many of you in here that are not raising their hand. And that's cool because God's going to meet you right where you're at. But you need to rededicate your life. You need to hit the reset button. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Father, we love you today. I ask you to touch the hearts of every person in here. Those, Father God, that should pray and those that, that should come back to you, they'll do it right now in their chair. They'll do it right now in their seat. It's not hard, guys. All you got to do is say, Jesus, be my Lord. Jesus, be my Lord. Come into my heart. Jesus, be the Lord of my life. Hallelujah. Forgive me for what I'm doing. Forgive me for the wrong that I've been doing. And if you've got some gray areas in your life, you've got some areas that, that, you know, this is a big deal too. A lot of people will, will believe things that are not in the Bible. They'll, they'll concoct up ideas and, you know, come up with their own translation of, of what the Bible means or what it says, and, but it's not really there. And we begin, to, we begin to grab those and we begin to run with them and we begin to convince ourselves that they're all right. No, if it ain't in the Bible, it ain't all right. If you can't find it in the Word, you need to leave it. Hallelujah, Jesus. I'm asking you to touch every part right now, Father. And I believe you will. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, I kept you all a little bit longer. Y'all can look up at me. Hallelujah.